Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, less than 15 hours, the Veneer Football Complex is going to start receiving a lot of uh, national letters of intent signed to come play football for Kansas State. And actually, just a few minutes ago, Taylor Bratt, who is under the job title for K-State Football, the bringer of cats, <laughs> has, once, has once again put out the cat signal. He, he really needs to just get an audio file of you saying it. Here come the cats? Yeah. Bring on the cats? Well, that's not me, though. I don't do the bring on the cats. I do here come the cats. No, okay. Bring on the cats is David Lee. True. And we don't want to step on David Lee's. Too. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? valid. Oh, yeah, boy. he's yeah. kind of a uh, legend in the voiceover and everybody business. Everybody knows he he can get on you quick. Can you can you do an impression of David Lee? No, I'm not even going there. Uh, especially <clears throat> especially if you you know make fun of his Packers. Oof. Is he a big Packers oh, guy? Oh, he's a huge Do you know Packers him? guy. Uh, I've corresponded with him in the past. Yes, I don't. I, I've only exchanged emails. That's it. I've all I've heard is. Don't cross David Lee. Well, in, <laughs> you're gonna regret it for the he, rest of your he life. He was he was the imaging voice for my previous employer, and so well for the longest time, time he was on K Rock. He did yeah. the voice stuff for K Rock. He and was then, awesome at it. And then we transitioned into the guy that does all the A and E stuff. Yeah. Um, but yes, he still does Power Cat Game Day, and he do, yeah he also does the Here Come or um, Bring on the Cats. He's got the Westwood One stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He man, all the K Rock stuff really brings back memories. You know, the thing is, the thing about it is, it took me a lot of time to adjust to the fact that he was doing imaging for a news talk station after I had heard him imaging K Rock for so many years. Oh yeah, you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, that that just doesn't sound right. You know, one time I found, I I, I'm really blanking on the name of the man that does the stuff for K for K Rock now. He's amazing. I can't remember his name, but. I, I stumbled upon one of the files that he had emailed to us in the pro, one of their production rooms where we do, like, recording and stuff, for those of you who don't know. Uh, but I was fascinated. I listened to it. It's just him, you know, 1015 K-Rock, 1015 K-Rock, yeah. 1015 K-Rock, doing it slow, doing it fast, doing a different emphasis. I couldn't stop listening. I listened to it for, like, 45 minutes. I was like, this is Amazing. Well, and it's always fun when these voiceover guys. So, in between the takes that you actually use, yeah, like especially the guy that's doing K Rock now are complete goofs, and they goof off yeah. the entire time, the whole yeah. time, and, and they give you absolute gold that you can't actually use. Right? right. Yeah. They right. they've got to ease their pressure somehow, including David Lee. And I haven't heard one of his clips 
in a while other than PowerCat Game Day. Isn't he a small guy? He is. It's funny. Small guys, great. And I'm not even. I'm not oh, including myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm, saw saying, that. yeah I'm saying. Wow. Mitch Holtis. <laughs> I'm saying Owen Burke. I'd say yeah. I'll back you up because I I was talking to a couple of my buddies that a couple of them do like high school broadcasting stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm working with Mitch Fortner. And they're like, dude. How does such a powerful voice come from? Nobody said that. <laughs> Nobody said that. They've said it about me for years. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, you have a great I, voice. Jeff Berlin. Jeff Berlin. Oh, there you okay, go. dude, is he is so cool. I do need so to. Cool. I do need to see if I can locate the spot that I had David Lee do, that essentially was a pitch for the NFL playoffs. And it came down to the. Uh, it was basically a, a takeoff on the good and the bad and the ugly. And the ugly was the Packers beating the Vikings. And I knew he was going to love it. Sent him that, and and he emailed back immediately, just absolutely dying laughing. Uh Um, As of 11... Sorry. Yes, we we completely diverted you from talking about bringing on the cats. Well, before we... um... Uh, you know, first of all, let's welcome everybody to the show. Hi. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke is on our board today. The phone number 537-1350 if you feel like calling in and giving us two cents about uh, how you feel about the Cats in uh, football, basketball, whatever. We'll talk about it. Uh, 11 minutes ago, Memphis made it official. Naquan Tomlin has signed with the Tigers. He'll be eligible to play uh, whenever school officially starts for the next semester. And he'll be on the floor, I'm sure, as uh, as soon as possible. Uh, meanwhile, here in Manhattan, Cats off until Thursday for men's basketball. They'll play Wichita State, try to bounce back from the ugly game, probably the ugliest of my lifetime for K-State hoops when they take on the Shockers in Kansas City. Later on in the show, I uh, want to make an announcement about number one song of the day. Um, we're going to break down position by position where K-State as, is at with – the signing class and who we, you know, who we all expect to sign. Of course, where K State is left at position of of needs or how good they stand at, like linebacker is a great example of that. And you know, needs like wide receiver. We'll kind of go position by position and break all that down here a little bit as well. We'll talk about Jordan Riley, the latest K State transfer portal cat. He'll come play some uh, potentially some jack safety to pro- replace Kobe Savage. And I watched a little bit of film on him earlier today. I like it. Yeah. I like the speed that he plays with, but we'll talk about more more about him a little bit later on as well. Also, in hour number two, I want to talk about a cat I need more. I need more of this particular individual moving forward with his recent spark. I want to lead off with K-State women's basketball. Yesterday, went to the game and watched Aokali and the Cats just completely, I mean, almost from start to finish, really from the second quarter on, just dominate a pretty decent Oral Roberts team and just absolutely handle them with dominance by the final score of 102-59. to That's five straight games. K-State has held a team under 60 points, which is not an easy thing to do. Jeez. Um, And it's the second time this year your 12th-ranked Cats have scored at least 100 points. That improves K-State to 11-1 on the year. That's the best opening record for a Jeff Mitty team and the best since a 12-0 start in the 08-09 season. You're talking Brittany Chambers days. I, I wanted to specifically talk about Aoka Lee because last night was her night. Even though as a team, 
it was a wonderful night. Even and Jeff Mitty was not happy about their preparation. He said they had one of their worst shootarounds they've had. They weren't checked in. You know, it wasn't like they were weren't showing the motivation. Maybe not doing what they were supposed to do around shootaround, and they responded with a really nice win. But if you miss what Aoka Lee did last night, man, did you see another one of her, her bangers? An incredible game. And if you didn't see the numbers, buckle your seatbelt. 24 points, 21 rebounds, 5 blocks, and a steal in 23 minutes. That is quick work. And I I had to ask her at the press conference. She had to share the player of the week on her in the Big 12 with Rory Harmon of, of Texas. I was like, were you offended by that code next to your name? You felt like you had to go off. I mean, she was taking rebounds away from her teammates. She was, she did a great job of being aggressive without fouling for the most part. I mean, it was like she was a, – she a, a, a fire was lit under her, and she was even more dominant than she typically is. And she's been phenomenal over the last three games – I'll give you those numbers first. Over the last three games, Yoki is averaging 29 points and 11 rebounds, shooting 77.5% with also in total seven blocks, and only in the last game, three games, two turnovers. More specifically on last night's game with her 24 points, 21 rebounds, I want to give another shout-out to Randy Peterson. Been giving him a lot of shout-outs recently because he's been delivering some really solid nuggets (laughs) as of late when it uh, has to do with Aoka Lee. So he's been quoting, or not quoting, but um, doing the research on these stat platforms that have been tracking women's basketball stats for decades. The latest number here is the 24 points, 21 rebounds. Nobody has done that in less than 25 minutes in women's basketball since at least over the last 24 years. Wow. It gets better than that, though, because not a single D1 men's basketball player has put up those kind of numbers, 24 points, 21 rebounds, five blocks in less than 29 minutes or 25 minutes in at least 27 years. Wow. I'm going to take it a step further. Not a single NBA player. (laughs) has done that in at least the last 40 years. Wow. That's how special last night was wow. for Aoka Lee. Dominant. What, okay, so the person that did it in men's basketball, is it somebody just random from like Rio Grande Valley Tech or so, you know, it's always somebody. Somebody from Furman really took it to Oakland. Yeah, somebody once you know, upon like, a time, yeah, and you're like, oh god, just really padded those stats. And to be honest, for a while, and, and Yoki didn't have her best night. She was two of seven from the free throw line, was a little off there from the field. I think she was eleven of seventeen, and she was missing some bunnies, but was collecting those offensive rebounds. So I mean, she was right there. I mean, she was feisty. If she didn't get that shot to go, she was grabbing all the offensive boards as well. <laughs> So, it, and it honestly, felt like for a while, maybe on a couple of those missed shots, she was looking to paddle a, a few stats. <laughs> but the important thing there is she was cleaning the glass just about every time. Um, and, I, and I tell you what, Oral Roberts was trying to do what I, I'm expecting a lot of Big 12 teams to do 
you know, once January rolls around and K-State's going to play 18 tough conference games, mm-hmm. again, Big 12 play in women's basketball is really tough. I mean, people want to argue K-State should be a top 10 team. Well, there's two Big 12 teams in the top 10 right now that are staples in the top 10 year in and year out. I mean, if you want a Big 12 title, you have to go through Texas and Baylor. Mm-hmm. And we're talking Baylor without Kim Mulkey. Yeah. They're still really good. Uh-huh. But what Oral Roberts did is, I mean, early on, and this was what kind of kept it close early on, was you know the entry passes to Yoki were not easy. And that's because it, it was like an extended double team on Yoki where, okay, so somebody's on our man-to-man defense, but there's that second defender waiting to crash if the lob is going inside. They're ready to double-team at any time, and what didn't help was K-State wasn't hitting their threes early on. Well, started the second quarter, now they're starting to hit the threes, and they're able to spread the offense out, and because of that offense and helping out with the shots, Yoki's a lot more open. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're also, I mean, the passes got a lot better as well. The passes were way better. Um, so there's no doubt about it. Along with those great numbers from Yoki, it's not done without a solid team effort, <laughs> plus putting up 102 points. Not an easy thing to do with an Oral Roberts team, certainly that wants to play fast. Mm. They're not a bad team themselves. I mean, they're a really good offensive team. Defensively, they should be a lot better. Um, but they, they can be a handful. Man. But K-State took care of business. I wanted to throw out some numbers as well because, you know, we were doing a lot of record watching yesterday because with that double-double last night, Aoka Lee has set the new K-State program record for career double-doubles with 53. Wow! Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a heck of an accomplishment. Right wow, there. wow. But we're not done there because with new records, yes, we're done there. But, you know, I started looking at a lot of records and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> there is a possibility that Yoki at the end of the season could be the career leader in some pretty important stats. So 21 rebounds last night. She passed Peyton Williams, who she used to play with, for third all time in school history. She's now at 988. The record is Kendra Wecker with 1,087. So Yoki is 99 away from passing. Hmm. 99 away. I, I think she has a good shot at passing. Blocks. She had five last night. Yoki improves her career total to 260. That is second all time because last night she passed Marlies Gibson. Remember that name oh, yeah. from back in the day? That was also the Chambers days. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Yoki needs 23 more to pass Brianna Lewis, who played during my first year of doing the public address announcing, for most blocks all time. I was like, wow. I mean, if if somebody could be the leader in, in rebounds and blocks, you're the real deal. Yeah. Then I got looking at points. And I noticed last night, Yoki passed 1,900 career points. Mm-hmm. She's going to get to 2,000. But I remember Kendra Wecker had, like, a huge number. I think it was better than Poland's number. I'm pretty sure it is. With 2,333 points. Well, Yoki right now is at 1,912. Okay, so you're still over 400 points away. I was like, I was thinking earlier in the office, like, how gettable is that? Because right now, Yoki's in fourth. Brittany Chambers is in third with over 2,100. Nicole Lee's second place with over 2,200. And then you have Kendra Wecker at 2,333. Buckets. So... Yoki still needs 422 points to pass Kendra Wecker. So I started typing away on the keyboard like Mitch Palmwood, <laughs> yeah, yeah. crunching the numbers, 
Oof. Mixing the chemicals. That's what that weird smell was earlier. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know sometimes. Well, if it was in the morning, that may have been. <laughs> I, I was thinking Troy. that was more along the line of Swick's breakfast or something. <laughs> so, I think at the most, K-State has 21 games left. Or, I'm sorry, not at the most, the least. At the very least, K-State has 21 games left. There's no doubt this is going to be a tournament team of some kind, mm-hmm. for sure. And you have to consider one game left in you know, the Big 12 tournament. They'll play one, right? So at the very least, they have 21 games left. So that what that would mean is Yoki would have to score 20 points per game the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Sounds crazy, right? Can that actually be done? Yes. Well, last year, not last year, two seasons ago, when Yoki played her last full year, because, of course, she had to sit out last year because of a season-ending injury, the last 21 games of that season – Aokali scored 442 points, averaging 21 points a game. Uh-huh. But let's remember, one of those games was 61 yeah, points. Right. Uh-huh. So, does she have another 61 game point uh, point game in her? Sure, I hope so. But there's no doubt if to get to a mark like that, you have to have at least five or six real going off. 30-plus, maybe not 30-plus, but like 25-plus yeah, type of games. For sure. Maybe up to 30 especially if you don't get to 61, you're going to have to have some major games once in a while like that. A couple 40 bergs. But what would be just so impressive is, like, Yoki has a great chance of just getting to second place. Mm-hmm. And it should be known that breaking all those records, maybe being second place in the scoring list, this is with not a, this is not with an extra year. This is truly, even though this is her sixth year with the Cats, this has been a four-year playing career for Yoko Lee. So there is no asterisk by, well, they had an extra year, or they had the COVID year. No. It has been truly a four-year run for Yoko Lee as a dominant player ever since her freshman year. So I, these are numbers we are now watching for the rest of the year. And I hope Yoki's not listening to this. But honestly, she is. there's probably nobody better at K-State, and I don't care what their status is, Probably nobody better at K-State that could hear that publicly said, just brush it off and not even think about it mm-hmm. five minutes later. Mm-hmm. Because she is praised so often, she does a really solid job of just being humble about it and moving on to the very next thing and thinking of things that are more important. Nobody's more humble than Aoka Lee. So she deserved those shout-outs, and the Cats play tomorrow night. Go watch another dominant performance by Aoka Lee tomorrow night, 6.30, against Southern in Bramlage Coliseum. I hate to be Southern, especially now we have a number. We need to average 20. Yeah. So now she's going to go get like 40. She's going to get 46. Well, that would be a great start. That would be a great start to those 422 Uh, points she needs to be the all-time leading scorer. Before you mentioned that she stole a couple rebounds from her own teammates, I was thinking – to get 20 and 20 in 20 minutes plus five blocks. And you said a couple dimes, too, that she had some assists. I don't have the assist numbers okay. in front of me. Sorry, but I thought – or a steal. You, you were talking about steals. She wasn't passing a ton last right. night. Right. So you're bullying yeah. everybody on the court, basically. I thought – before you even said she, she was taking rebounds from her own teammates, you are the biggest bully on the court. This is where the big kids play, and she was the biggest one out there crushing, dude. That is – Dominance, and we've said it on the show before. 
What a fantastic repre representation of a student athlete. It's harder to get better than what she represents as far as not only taking care of things academically, um, athletically, but then just the person that she is as well. Man, you as like as a as a school, you wish you had about five more Aokalees, <laughs> yeah. but you don't. They're very special people. Aokalees, very special young woman, and I, I, if anybody can do it, she can do it. Twenty, let's go. And I know somebody shouted out that this team is like the best ever for K State, or it was like compared to the you know o two o three o four teams. Like, and Claire Coggins got really upset about, maybe not really upset, but kind of called it out and said, "Listen, back in those days, we had WNBA players out the yin yang. Like, yeah. players were getting drafted." And I and I hear those arguments, but I mean, this this may not go down as the best team ever, and there's still a long season to go. But I mean. Those teams back in the day were remembered for having tremendous athletes. Oh, man. As a team, though, they really underachieved in the NCAA they tournament. Did. They did. Yeah. They got upset four years in a row. Mm -hmm. And they only made it to a Sweet 16 one time. And we're talking two and three seed teams. Mm -hmm. So even though they, yes, were very good, very dominant at times, they, their seasons never ended that well, honestly. So, but I'm telling you, I mean – if Yoki can pass these records, I mean, we're now talking greatest player of all time at K-State. Mm -hmm. Records are a huge part of that, obviously. She's already a multi-time All-American. Mm -hmm. That's basically what stands in front of her now, is these records that are held by K-State women's basketball, all-time greats. And it's not crazy to sh say that she can break all of them. <laughs> all of them. Wild. Indiv individual records that are held by multiple people she can have a lot of them. Wow, by herself. Crazy. Mm -hmm. 2,300 points, too. That is getting buckets. Oh, and by the way, Ooh. there's that possibility of another year, right? <sighs> yes, there is. Um, does that year happen? Yeah, right. Um, you know. Yeah, valid. Odds are valid. not really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Put 6,000 points. Put, uh, put one of my favorite things on there. It's possible, but it's not probable. So, so you're saying there's a chance. There's always a chance. <laughs> there's always the chance. It's like, okay, another record. But, I mean, well, I mean, look at Caitlin Clark. I mean, she is now, you know, with endorsement deals and all that, NIL, you know. Woof. Now it's a question, like, does she actually go to the WNBA or stay for another year at Iowa? Like, she is seriously contemplating that because wow. of the opportunity she's getting through NIL staying at Iowa. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a great possibility that her senior year not, might not be her last year, but that is a conversation for another day. Let's take a break. When we come back to K-State football recruiting, Cats land a safety. We'll give you the details next. Owen, this is a this is a basketball song. I know, but I couldn't play it on the first one because we had the intro to the show. But I really felt like playing it today. So wow, he's he's are. really getting settled as board op now, telling you exactly yeah, his but, mindset and making sure you're aware. I was yeah, just I just want to let him know that I did know that. Right, I, I promise I'm not just playing. Just it. because there's a sandstorm button. <laughs> that can be pressed at any time. Doesn't mean doesn't you mean you press to. it at any time. Right. I'll press it right now. I gotta <laughs> unlock the box first right. and uncover like it's deal or no deal. With great responsibility, 
<laughs> Seriously, dude. I mean... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come on. Hey, you might want to look into your vetting process for board ops more. <laughs> Thanks, I don't know what to tell you. We have a vetting process. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, so uh, we now know, thanks to his official announcement on social media, um, Taylor Bratt earlier, uh, right, right before the show, as a matter of fact, released the cat signal for the cat's 17th official commitment. For the 2024 recruiting class, really good news. I knew this kid was high on K-State's board for um, for potential transfers, and that is defensive end Malcolm Alcorn Crowder. This is going to be a JUCO transfer for K-State, which I'm pretty sure um, that because uh, I'm, I'm I believe he just visited Gainesville, so the Cats had to beat out Florida for this kid. Cincinnati was the other, according to DY. Cincinnati was up there as well, but he's out of Butler Community College. He is from this uh, the state of Massachusetts. This guy's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> boy, I'm excited about this one. He might actually overtake my top spot for favorite transfer so far. Malcolm Alcorn Crowder. Has committed to the Cats, with signing day, of course, being tomorrow. He'll come in as a sophomore, so have three years of eligibility remaining. But last season with Butler, this was a 5-5 five and five Butler team, struggled a little bit in the Jayhawk Conference. But in his nine games, 28 tackles, seven sacks, and two forced fumbles. I love his size, 6'6", 295. So this is a big dude. A big boy. Big that, boy. And it's interesting, you know, because K-State um, – you know, deciding to not go because you, you include Travis Bates, who just recently committed. Wyatt and I talked about him yesterday. The transfer from Austin P, who also played D line. Cats going strictly transfers mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. D end, uh, replacing some pretty important guys. So very interesting. Uh, and I figured one more had to be coming, and that is Malcolm Alcorn. Crowder, I, and I'm not sure if it was you know, if we don't land this guy, go a different direction or whatever. But I knew this was high up on their board, so this is a big get for K State, and I'm sure they're they're celebrating this one. They're excited about the signing tomorrow for Malcolm Alcorn Crowder, who I mean, when it comes to potential, sky's the limit for this kid. I love the size, love the stats for a freshman year, right out of the gate. So this is a special pickup. Make sure you double down on whatever food you're serving there for the team. The 66297? 295. God dang. Yeah, big guy. Big man. So hopefully, beefing up that front three and uh, yeah, put some hats on some people. Man, that's a big dude. So the other um, commitment from today, and this is another transfer portal kid coming from the MAC. And you got to love players from the MAC. Because they play football every day. <laughs> you guys wow. had the same laugh at the same time. <laughs> well, it's just, it was there, man. Just, it was there. I was just thinking, like, you go, hey, man, we got a game on uh, 
Tuesday morning, he's like, good, I'm good. I've already done that before. Yeah, because, you know, the Big 12 is transitioning to, all right, we're now teams are going to have to play more, get ready to play some more yeah. Thursday night, yeah. Friday night games potentially. Yeah, this is nothing. The Max, like, are you kidding? This is nothing to Jordan Riley, who <laughs> transfers in with one year of eligibility left out of Ball State. He has played his entire career at Ball State. He uh, entered – his uh, his his previous this past year twenty twenty three preseason All Mac player he was pre or you was third team All Mac back in twenty twenty two obviously being caught by surprise with the Kobe Savage decision to enter the transfer portal portal was going to be the option to go after a jack safety or a strong safety type of player I think you found one in Jordan Riley um plays with speed and that was the first thing I noticed when watching his film good solo tackler. Really is. Uh, 31 solo tackles this past year. Um, as a safety, he's going to go hit you hard. So, I mean, the things – I don't know about the leadership. I don't know about how well he is a communicator. That's what Kobe did really well. But I think when you trying to replace the characteristic that Kobe brought to the table as a solid transfer uh, out of Juco level, uh, I think you do check a lot of boxes with Jordan Riley, and of course, there's some things we can't say without actually actually you know see him on the field as a K-State Wildcat. But I think he's going to fit nicely in the safety room. His experience is really through the roof, and this is what stands out to me about him, other than you know just what he can do on the field. But you know, numbers add up as well. He has played in 37 career games, mm. Mm. and entering K-State, he has played 25 consecutive games. Not all of them as a start, but he has started 24 of those 37 career games. Last year, or really, let's put it this way, his overall career, let's give you the career numbers. 167 tackles, 6 TFLs. I like the number of the past two years he has 20 pass deflections. Who He's broken up 20 passes. That's a really solid number. He had 8 this past season. 2022 was his best year. He was top 10 in the MAC with 97 tackles. 97 tackles. Um, now, according to my research as well, only player in the MAC to record 70 tackles, 10 pass breakups in one year hmm. back in 2022. So this is like, you know, Guys are- if Kobe left last year, this is exactly the guy they're going to go after. Yeah, right around, around the ball all the time. Wow. Third team all Mac, like I mentioned, in this past year, 61 tackles, and he broke up um, eight passes. Was a little bit better, um, I think, when he was in coverage. The ball wasn't necessarily going his way as much. Sure. So that's good news as well. Um, so, man, Joe Klanerman has himself another really solid safety that's going to transfer in. And, of course, safety transfers, I, I would think for the most part, I think a lot of people would agree that these guys that have transferred in from what would be considered, you know, lesser like JUCO, FCS, whatever group of five, they have done an excellent job in turning these guys into really solid players mm-hmm. by bringing in guys that have flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. Now, one year of eligibility left does have the red shirt open. You know, I would imagine he will use that last year, this year. So. Cats have had to fill some holes, and some of them have been a surprise, but it's happening really quickly. And that is just college football now, where you're going to have to do a lot of work in a short period of time. And I know a lot of people were unhappy about just, gosh, two weeks ago, 
the number of commitments wasn't a very high number. What was it, 10, 11, 12 maybe? I can't remember exactly. But it wasn't necessarily the most encouraging number, I guess. People like to look at the recruiting rankings and see, oh, gosh, K-State was 66th or something like that. Well, on three now has K-State at 58. But to me, those rankings, um, you know, comparing to the rest of the Big 12 or the nation, when has that ever mattered? Not Never. here. Not here. And here it hasn't mattered. You know, because K-State's not good in five stars, but if you look at this year's class, you have – so it's 17 players now. Six high school kids are going to come in with at least one four-star ranking somewhere. Yeah, and like you're talking about those class rankings not matter as much. Didn't Jimbo Fisher have like a top three recruiting huh. class for like three years running? Now he's jobless in mm-hmm. Texas A&M. So mm-hmm. those rankings don't always mean everything. I think you hit the nail on the head. No, what matters is you have a really solid coaching staff mm-hmm. that goes and gets the guys they really want. That they know they have a particular set of skills and they're gonna they're gonna check some boxes that this coaching staff wants. By the way, they're more than dedicated to go develop these guys and make them into really good players, even if there is a few growing pains or two, which we did see from the secondary this year. There were definitely growing pains early on, and things got corrected. They really did. So solid pickup. And again, tomorrow is our signing day show. Um, we're gonna touch on every recruit. 17 as of right now. Hopefully there's nothing crazy that happened. You know, K-State did flip a bunch of guys. Let's hope there's no last-minute flips. Yeah, You know, Florida really wanted this Alcorn Crowder guy, you know. So I'm not expecting – nothing is expected. I'm I'm here to tell you right now, there is no expectations that anybody is going to flip. Come on, what do you know, Mitch? Let us – come on, tell us. I don't know a thing. You're in the building. We know you If something were to happen (laughs) – you're going to know what I know. or We're all going to find out at the same time. But let me tell you once again, nobody is expected, expected to flip. I know this class isn't going to be as sexy as it was last year when it comes to the Kansas recruits. You, you, you don't have the big marquee, flashy quarterback out of Kansas, but you do out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yes, It's just one state over. Yeah, and by I- the way, broke – Christian McCaffrey's record for touchdowns in the state of Colorado. So, and by the way, did a nice stint on uh, Nine News the other day. I shared the the video of it, but he's replete in his K State gear when doing it. Yes, that's a solid. Later on in the show, in hour number two, we'll uh, kind of break down K State position by position. Just if there are some needs, where are those needs? Uh, where K State's good, um, and I would say on the defense side of the football, they're looking pretty good right now. Uh, we take a break. When we come back, it is Tuesday. Let's do a Jabroni of the Week next. Shut your mouth, you jabroni! You jabronis hit the jackpot! That Hollywood brand jabroni, Hulk Hogan! Ow! Is this jabroni's name? Jabroni of the Week. Alright, welcome to our latest edition of Jabroni of the Week. Christmas edition. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Merry freaking Christmas. The holidays have nothing to do with 
my selections for Jeroni of the Week, although I would. Uh, there, there is one thing I would really like, and I'm not sure I'm going to get it. I'm going to mention that here in just a second. Uh, three dishonorable mentions will culminate with who I feel is the true Jabroni of the Week. A little bit tough this this week. It, you know, There really wasn't one that truly stood out to me, but here we go. My first dishonorable mention is going to go to Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook, who is a legend. Same day, Cornhuskers come in here and, and beat Cats in Bramlage. The volleyball team played for a national championship against Texas, and they got some moat. Which, first of all, I mean, as a K-State fan, I would do so much just to get an opportunity to have a team play in a national championship game. Amazing! Uh, hey, we did beat the national champions, though. That is true. In straight sets. Mm-hmm. We did. Did lose to Nebraska in straight sets, so it's 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 that yeah, I know you know everybody I, beating I each other type of thing <laughs> in straight sets. Um, a lot of that taking place in Manhattan, um, but here's the deal: John Cook once again has done what some coaches have decided to do, and that is try to crush what is the current state of college athletics instead of what most coaches should be doing, and that's just embracing it and adjusting and do what you got to do to win. Now. His complaint was, you know, he's asked a question about how Texas has has raised the bar on what it takes to win national championships in volleyball. And he was asked a question about that, and he complained about how, which com- complimented Texas, but was like, you know, Texas just brings in transfers, and what we do it here in Nebraska, we recruit high school kids, we develop them, and we win with these homegrown kids. Somewhat like that, you know? Do you know how many players on his roster are not well, that's American? Exactly what I was – well, not so much American. Like, But the thing is, it's like, okay, homegrown, you know, you recruit them as, you know, and they're, they're playing their whole career and sure. Nebraska versus transfers. My thought was, though, he, he blamed Texas for just being full of transfers, yes, and they do play transfers for their six starters or four – yeah, for their six starters or seven, counting the libero were at Texas since they started as true freshmen. Nebraska had a couple of starters that were transfers. I mean, are we being a little bit hypocritical here? (laughs) Yeah. Just take the L. Just say, yeah, they do a great job, man. We'll get them next year. Get out of there. He already wasn't happy with the officiating, so. That's what he should have been complaining about. Then go after the officials. Don't be talking about transfers. My next dishonorable mention, um... Dak Prescott. Now, I'm not saying the loss to the Bills is on him. I'm just saying now it's we are now to the point. So the Cowboys have stunk on the road. Mm-hmm. The 49ers can go in anywhere. Dak Prescott is going to lose the MVP award to Brock Purdy. And that's why I bring him up as a dishonorable <laughs> mention. And I can't explain to you how much that makes me sick. It's every year with Dallas, and it's more so with Dak than with Dallas in general this year. Every well, year where we're like, we have that moment where we're like, this is it. They're finally going to write Dak's the MVP favorite. One week later, where are we? And I already puked when I saw, I mean, Brock Purdy just throw all over the Cowboys. But also, I mean, the Bills ran the ball down Dallas's throat. I mean, at will. Well, didn't Josh Especially Allen have, in the first half. Josh Allen had like under 100 passing yards, something like that, under 150. It was some crazy number. 
I never would have thought that they would have won that. Well, and I mean, the passing game for the Bills has been kind of a problem this year. (laughs) So they needed to run the ball more. So that's exactly what they did. And Dallas had the worst time stopping him. But I know this isn't a team award, but Dallas is now struggling. You know, Dak has been great this year. Did not have very good numbers against the Bills. And he had like 3.1 yards per attempt. It was just... What an ugly loss on the road. And now they got to go to the Dolphins. I just see it. I see it falling apart. Oh, and no. I hate this because this should absolutely be a contender. They're going to the playoffs. That's already guaranteed. But there's no way I even consider Dallas an NFC championship team. I can't. They're, they're at Miami this week. Yeah. Oof. This last four games, it gets tougher. They have Washington as well, but they also have the Lions. Yeah, that's so that's a yeah. real iffy game, even though they're playing that game at home. God. So placed on 8-16-2023, AP NFL regular season MVP, Brock Purdy. I put down two dollars. It's at plus three thousand at the time. The odds are down to one. Did you really? Oh I did. did. You actually placed that bet? I actually placed a two dollar bet on Brock Purdy being the league MVP. Two to win what? Two to win sixty two. That Heck pays yeah. out what? How much? Sixty two. 62 total. Okay. Heck yeah. Okay. Man. I, well, I hope you lose. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you lose your $2. <laughs> Who's on the $2 bill? Uh, Clinton. Clinton. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's the three. Never mind. <laughs> My, hey, listen. This is a blue counter, man. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway. Uh, okay. My last dishonorable mention goes to the Furman basketball social media team. So Furman was taking on Tulane. Furman was up three points. They're about to pull off the victory. 0.8 seconds left. That's all Tulane has. The Furman social media team decided to go ahead with 0.8 seconds left on the clock and post the final score. Hmm. Game over, in regulation, and Furman wins by three. Oops. Well, guess what? Three-quarter court pass on the inbounds play. Caught, goes straight up with it, fouled on a three-pointer. Hits all three free throws. We go to overtime. Actually, game goes to double overtime. (laughs) And Tulane won the game. If you look at the numbers, this was actually a really crazy game. They had 10 lead changes in the overtimes. They had 20 lead changes total. Like That actually would have been a very entertaining game if anybody knew it was going on. (laughs) Had a bad beat yesterday afternoon. Final moments are winding off the clock, and it's beaten the – it's – at the under mark, literally a kid dunks the ball. This is at Jacksonville yesterday. Dunks the ball as time expires, puts it into the over. What? All right, so here we go. <laughs> wow. Here comes my jabroni of the week, and I rarely do this. Wait, no. Also, Furman is also honorable mention for being a paladin. And you wouldn't expect a paladin to, to drop the ball. The like bi- they're, they're bicycles? They're the paladins, dude. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, yeah they're they're stationary bicycles you you, you exercise with. <laughs> ah, is that no way? Shut up! What is? Yeah, they're the fighting the paladins. Fight, the fighting paladins, a powerful paladin. All right, my jabroni of the week. I got to do it two weeks in a row, guys. I'm gonna go Kadarius Tony. <laughs> my jabroni of the week, two weeks in a row because I'm sorry, but this guy is a joke. This is now. Three games. Mm-hmm. He has had a tailor-made pass. Boom, right to the hands. Deflects, interception, leads to a touchdown. This is the third time that has happened this year. Luckily for him, the rest of the team was going to win the game for them. 
But it's now to the point where Kadarius Tony is having an ugly year, 27 catches, a buck 89, buck 69, and one touchdown all year long. But here's the real jabroni part. Patrick Mahomes hates him. He does. Patrick Mahomes hates Kadarius Tony. He wants to cuss him out so bad, wants to suplex him through a table, into thumbtacks, whatever. <laughs> Mahomes no longer trusts Kadarius Tony. Tony, once again, you're my drone of the week. We got to take a break. Real quick break. We'll finish the hour next. Okay. Uh, I, I, I try to leave a little bit of time here for Troy because he's given us all the Royals updates. He's our baseball slash Royals guy. Hunter Renfro signed Chris Bubich. They avoid arbitration. They've got the contract ready to go for 2024. Thoughts? I'm, I'm good with the uh, Bubich re-upping $2.35 million for this year. Uh, they announced the Renfro signing, making it official today. This is a guy who struggled last year with a two thirty three batting average. But he adds some pop to the lineup that they've not had. A guy that can go out and, over the course of his career, uh, 177 is what he has hit home run-wise through the course of his career. Last year, 20 home runs in 140 games. Hmm. He's he's serviceable in that they can utilize him as a corner outfielder and and not have to play him every day. But are we in the neighborhood yet of this could be a third best team AL Central yet? Uh, this is in the neighborhood of we're going to make a run for the AL Central, given the moves they've made with the pitching staff. Yeah. It is the AL Central. Yeah. I see your face. See. Remember, it's the AL Central. That's true. Yeah. That's, the, that's the key point. We're going to get to see him on Hulu. I will believe it when I see it. 510, we're going to talk K-State Hoops 525. Cats per position. Where are they at heading into signing day? Number one song, Ask Us Anything. Local news next.